Hi there, listener. It's Matthew. You've come looking for an episode of the Children's Book Podcast, and you've found it. Hooray! But you're probably wondering why the name of the podcast has changed. After eight years of doing the Children's Book Podcast, I began a new career as head of podcasts at A Kid's Company About, where I now oversee a podcast network dedicated to producing original content that talks up to kids, centers the things going on in their world, and engages and challenges how they see the world and themselves. All of the episodes of the Children's Book Podcast are still here, but now, if you're subscribed, you'll get new episodes of Worth Noting, a kid's podcast about current events, hosted by me. Something for you and the young people in your life to enjoy together. Enjoy this episode, and I hope you'll check out Worth Noting and other podcasts from a kid's company about... The Children's Book Podcast is sponsored by the Little Feminist Book Club. Little Feminist wants to help you diversify your child's bookshelf. Each month they send one to two books featuring characters of underrepresented backgrounds. Little Feminist spends months consulting with a team of educators, librarians, and parents to pick each book and create a suite of hands-on activities to accompany them. Whether it's treasure hunts or DIY musical instruments, the goal of the included activities is to make the stories come alive for both children and families. Go to littlefeminist.com to learn more. Raise good humans, one children's book at a time. Yeah, I miss... I miss teaching as well. I miss being in schools in that way. I don't miss all of the minutiae. I hear that. And and I think, (laughs) when when did you leave? Were you writing and then got to a point where you you sort of couldn't write and teach at the same time? Yeah. 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 I I was in Florida and I was just feeling like if I kept teaching... I was going, because I was teaching writing at that point, out to high school, to uh, kids who were in middle school and high school, I was feeling like I was always going to teach it and not actually try to do it myself professionally. This is the Children's Book Podcast, episode number 646. I'm your host, Matthew Winner. We're on Patreon at patreon.com slash Matthew C. Winner, if you want to support the show. Today I'm joined by Meg Medina, author of Evelyn Del Rey is Moving Away. Meg has written many, many beautiful books, but this latest picture book is one that really moved me in a way I wasn't prepared for. In Evelyn Del Rey is Moving Away, we meet two friends making the very most of their last playdate together. It's every bit as wonderful as you could imagine, beautifully rendered in illustrations by Sonia Sanchez. The pang of falling in best friend love only to have to say goodbye is a feeling I hope not many of you have had to suffer, but it is one told with poetic honesty in the pages of this story. Meg also takes a moment to share a preview of Merci Suarez Can't Dance, the sequel to the Newbery-winning Merci Suarez Changes Gears. All of these stories of moments and experiences that become part of who we become. Oh, 
I'm so excited for you to hear this conversation. Please welcome my guest, Meg Medina, author of Evelyn Del Rey is Moving Away. I'm Meg Medina. My pronouns are she and her. And I am the author of Mercy Suarez Changes Gears and Evelyn Del Rey is Moving Away and lots of other books for um, young people from picture book all the way to um, young adult novels. I'm so glad that you're here, Meg. We, our paths have crossed a couple times. I'm not sure if you remember, and I don't expect you to remember, but can I please recount the moments that our paths have crossed? Yes. <laughs> May please I please delight? I May I please delight so in the moments when our paths cross? No, the most wonderful ways. I host another podcast. I co-host another podcast on Book Riot called Kidlit These Days, and we reached out to you for our pilot episode when we were talking about the border wall and a school in Oklahoma where staff dressed up stereotyping Mexican Americans and Mexicans for Halloween. And we reached out to you and a number of other authors because of your response to that school and offering support and professional development and books and visits and all of these things. And so I have a connection to you for the genesis of a project that I worked on. And I always thought that was really beautiful. And Karina, Jan Glazer, and I were always so grateful that 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 we had this connection with you right from the start. And then you went off and won the Newberry. <laughs> and I went to my first ever, because it was in D.C., I went to my first ever Newberry banquet. And I got to hear your acceptance speech. And it was wonderful. And it was beautiful. And we crossed briefly you were I was sitting at a table where you were pot passing and I said a congratulations and you smiled and grabbed my hands and said thank you and it was a moment where you were doing that to every single person but you made me feel like I was the only one in that entire room and it was your night but you made me feel like you were sharing it with me and that left an impression on me as well oh my goodness thank you I'm so glad I'm well behaved out in the world <laughs> this is really good to know <laughs> Well, I can't speak about now, but I can say a year and a half ago, you were quite well behaved. Yes. I was pretty good. You know, 2020 has wreaked havoc, but you know, I'm going to try to hold on to those things. Well, thank you, Matthew. I, I, I remember when Karina and you came to me with that project and you were launching it. I remember that hateful um, experience also um, in terms of the, what the teacher's costumes and the whole dust up that happened afterward it's just really painful to watch but yeah i'm excited that we now have another intersection we do this will be really wonderful we were i was at the last conference that i went to was uh when i think it was ala midwinter in that case was in philly which is a close drive from me from baltimore and I was at some sort of like one of those events where the publishers have a bunch of librarians in the room and they're like, here are the books that are coming out, whatever season, whatever season it was, they were talking about Evelyn Del Rey is moving away. And they, they shared on, um, I guess, like a, a slideshow, some um, parts of the book. And one of the editors read, maybe your editor, someone in the room, read the book to us. And it was just so beautiful. And from that moment, it's been a book that I've really sort of internalized and carried with me because of how resonant to me stories of friend love are. Mm -hmm. 
And so before mm. we go deep into this book, I'd love, if you don't mind, for you to, to book talk this book. Can you share this book, Evelyn Del Rey is Moving Away, for those readers that haven't encountered it yet? Yeah, I, you know, I would say that Evelyn Del Rey is Moving Away is a story about two friends, Evelyn and Daniela, who are going to make the very most of their last play date together because Evelyn is, is moving away from the neighborhood. So I had that story in my, in my head for so long. Like I had a, a first friend named Evelyn Guzman and I, I just always remembered her. She wasn't my best friend, I would say. She wasn't the friend that I had the longest in my life. But she was the first friend that I had. And I think we there are, are people who we meet in our lives, um, especially when we're young, that first person that we really just love to spend time with. Like we wake up in the morning and their name is first on our head or yeah. we go outside and we go, we stand outside their window calling for them or we, you know, we annoy their parents by calling for them too early on Saturday morning, et cetera. That, <laughs> that kind of like adulation that you have for this friend. Um, and it was like that for me and Evelyn, but that, that wasn't really a story, right? I, I had all these wonderful memories of her apartment and how similar it was to my apartment. And the fact that we were both Cuban girls and our moms could, um, speak to each other. There were all of these pieces of our friendship that, uh, that I really loved. And the fact that we were also different, um, you know, we were both Cuban girls, but Evelyn Guzman was Afro-Cuban and I am a light-skinned Cuban. And she lived with her, both her parents and she had brothers. I lived with my mother and my sister. So there were these little differences and there were big differences, and then there were all these commonalities. So it was mm. it was just one of these things that I just remembered forever. But that wasn't enough for a story. But when I went to the Highlights Foundation um, <laughs> on a weekend retreat of some kind, I I got the chance to sit in on an illustrator um, talk, and it was Shadra Strickland. Of course. Uh, Another yeah. Baltimore native. I adore her. Yeah. And it doesn't she, surprise it, me that she would have been at Highlights. Beautiful. I think two times that I've been to Highlights, Chandra was there both times. <laughs> She's just terrific. Yeah. And so I sat in on her on her um, talk. And I, I love to sit in on illustrator talks because, you know, especially if you write picture book. I, I come at picture book, of course, through words and heart and, and um, you know, through through a sort of poetic sense. I love to see how the storytellers come come through with story through art. It's the same adulation I have for dancers, right? People coming to tell story through the body. Like there's something about finding these alternative channels to say what we're really feeling deeply that I find fascinating. And so anyway, I went to Shadja's workshop and she was talking and she had us uh, brainstorm in rapid, rapid succession, like all the problems of growing up. So we were like, we cut off our bangs. Your teacher hates you. Your parents get divorced. You're blah, blah, you know, like we were, we were all just like, it was a horrible exercise when you were thinking about it, right? Like why live, right? With all of this happening. But anyway, we made this whole big list. And one of the things that I wrote down on mine was losing a friend. 
And it was that moment when I figured it out, where I suddenly realized what the story of Evelyn could be. And so, I don't know, I, I wrote the story a little worried that it would be sad because of course it does end with, with friends moving on. But the fact is that friends do sometimes move on. Sometimes they move to a different class. Sometimes they pick someone, you know, they meet someone they like better as their best friend. Sometimes they really do physically move away to another neighborhood, another country. Like that happens in kids' lives. And it doesn't have to be the end. It doesn't have to be... Um, it doesn't have to be a person who we have to bury and forget. You know, we can we can keep them. And they can be part of of who we become. And that's what I tried to do with Evelyn. Um, with Evelyn Del Rey is moving away. Just sort of create this celebration with these two little girls, a celebration of the love that they have for each other. And then help them... Um, sort of move through what it looks like when we, when we move on. Yeah. You have this, every time I've talked about this book, every time I've read it and reread it and talked it through with, with, with fellow passionate readers, I've, I've, I've wrestled with what it is about this book that, that is working on me so hard. And I think where I've arrived is that, we know, like with a moving date, we know that there is a time in this book when these two girls are going to be separated. Mm -hmm. And so much of the beginning of your book, so much of the first three quarters of the book is so joyous, recounting all of the places we love to hide, all of the neighbors that we pass. Our apartments are almost the exact same, so I know that this is where we hide these things and this looks like that. There's so many things like that that are so joyous. And for me, the knowing, just from the title, it's not giving it away. The knowing that Evelyn is going to move away, that we are saving up all of this joy. It, it made the tears come for me as well when it was finally real. And it made me remember friends that I've lost or left as a child for whatever reason, whether they were leaving my life or I was leaving theirs. Yeah. And, and how there, there is a point of finality when you know that this is it, this is going to be the time when, 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 when we take separate paths. But until that moment, there's, there's all of these beautiful messy things that come before it and i love yeah, there's that childhood. <laughs> yeah. there's childhood yeah. there's childhood there's there's play but there's, what... that's the thing about children they're completely in that moment they are right they're and... they're just they're enjoying that moment until it, it can't be anymore and what you're saying in terms of how you related to it, it sounds very much to like what my editor said my editor moved a lot as a kid and when she read the manuscript, she said, I, I just felt this so often when I had to leave, you know, when I had to move to a new school or when I had to move to a new neighborhood. Yeah. And I've heard that often from, from lots of folks. 
um, who read the book. Children's Book Podcast is sponsored by Professor Bookworm. Professor Bookworm is an online literacy classroom that offers virtual reading groups and writing sessions for kids grades one through six. Maybe you're at home with your kids and trying to figure out how learning works best is tough. Maybe your kids are going to in-person school or things just seem to keep changing. And what you're looking for is some solid support for your readers. These programs offered by Professor Bookworm are engaging and fun and can be formatted around a family's schedule. Bookworm sessions are the perfect supplement to both in-person and online learning. Bookworm reading groups are conducted through interactive virtual activities and individualized feedback that are geared toward building reading comprehension. Each reading session walks the students through a complete chapter book. The writing program consists of 30-minute writing sessions with an instructor via Zoom. And these sessions, which are designed to improve writing mechanics, can consist of one to four students, depending on the child's preferences. The founder, Caroline Zoba, inspired by her work with colleagues and mentors on diversity, equity, and inclusion, is passionate about exposing children to more diversity through the Bookworm program. When building bookworm programs, she makes an effort to choose books that feature strong, positive, and diverse characters. She hopes to encourage students to explore other cultures, call out racial biases, and develop an inclusive mindset. Get started today at ProfessorBookworm.com. You recount all of the things that are that are the girls' things. These are our things together. May I read some of the book to you? Would you mind that? Yes, how fun. Go. I, w- I would love to. I'm going to read the first three spreads because it, because of the way you so beautifully communicate knowing these girls. That's what I want to read. Uh, you write, Evelyn Del Rey is my mejor amiga, my numero uno best friend. Come play, Daniela. She says, just like she always does. Just like today is any other day. So I bundle up and cross the street. A big truck with its mouth wide open is parked at the curb, ready to gobble up Evelyn's mirror with the stickers around the edge, her easel for painting on rainy days, and the sofa that we bounce on to get to the moon. She's waiting for me inside the doors. Then we climb the steps, two at a time, just like we always do. It's that quality that I'm talking about, Meg. The, the you lead us in this text to recount the best parts of this friendship, the part that make this the 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 qualities that define this relationship that we bounce on those sofas to the moon we take steps to it at a time it it floods me with those feelings of what did i do what are the things that we always did that friend and i and what are the things that i see my children my students doing and my goodness if sonia sanchez did not do 
the most exceptional yeah. job on yeah. this art. Yes. I just, yes. Oh, I mean, <laughs> yeah. the way that these I, girls I are so pulling too. each other. Oh my word. What a gift. Yeah. I felt, I felt that way too about the illustration they they had. Um, they had this sort of retro look to them as well. Um, you know, the coats and the styling and, and the last panel, I don't want to give it away to the, to the listeners, but the last panel was so unexpected to me. I mean, the, the text was there, but what she did in the very last illustration was such a beautiful way to, yeah. um, to end it, it really hopefully. So, <laughs> yeah, I, that's a thing about picture book that I love. Right. So I write the picture book, but it, that's not the book yet. Right. I write the text and then I, and then some gifted, beautiful being that is brought into my life. In this case, Sonia Sanchez um, tells her own story inspired by the words that I gave her. And then when those two things come together in that alchemy, that's where the book is. And that's always the surprise. It's always the gift. It's just, it, it feels exciting to me to see the, this thing that I helped create, but that isn't just mine. Sonia, yeah, I, I yeah. love that. I love that about picture book. Sonia sets the book in the fall. The leaves are on the ground. Fall, autumn is my favorite season. I think many, many people talk about autumn because of the bright leaves, because of the change, because of preparing for. I mean, in this case, there's such beautiful connection to what is going on. The preparing for, at least those of us on the East Coast, we have winter coming, which is a time of of quiet and a time of of death or silence or awaiting rebirth, awaiting what's new, but of mourning, of, of quiet, a passage time. And fall leading into that, I mean, part of what breaks my heart in this book is that the leaves are changing now outside my window. Now, which tells me for these girls, school already started. And it's hard to think that is there any good time for a friend to leave? But a friend in school, a friend that you have there, a friend that is part of your life in, in those those beats of the day, it's just hard. And I feel like all of the choices that were laid out here, especially that one on the end that even you describing it was about to make me cry, but the feeling that, as you said, the beautiful thing about friendships is that we always carry them. And I, yeah. at 39 years old, think still to the friends that I had at six, seven, eight, at those Well, sure, those they shape us. Of course they do. I think they completely shape us. I think our experiences with friends when we're little, I think teach us, um, they teach us about the world. They teach us about people. They teach us about the things that we need to develop in ourselves, right? Like, when you have to stand up to a friend, when you have an argument with your friend, there's a, there's all kinds of things. I just think there's such a, uh, they're just such a formative um, element of, of, of childhood. I just, so it's, you know, to me writing about friendship 
in this way felt really, um, I don't know, just deeply satisfying at the end of it because I felt like like the book got at at the love that they really have for each other, especially when when they do have to say goodbye. Yeah, um, your that, line. Oh my word, your line when they say goodbye, Meg. You simply uh, say, simply say, Evelyn Del Rey is moving away, so she won't be right here anymore. You just speak, or your character speaks fact, and that fact is so earth-shattering for loving someone so much. Yeah. Well, you know what's funny, Matthew, when this book was was selected for the Jumpstart Read for the Record this year, which was a beautiful surprise. I worried about this book when I wrote it, um, when it was coming out, because I felt like it was a quiet book, right? Mm, it was yeah. just a quiet story about friendship. And then it got, then COVID happened, mm. right? And then right before that, it got selected for Read for the Record, right? Um, yeah. Which you know. So, so in, it got, it got exposure in, in a way that it, it might not have gotten um, if it hadn't been selected. Um, for that program, but more, what was really interesting to me, of course, I wrote this book a year and a half ago, two years ago, right? It's, you know, a while before it, it came out and it speaks to that feeling of isolation that, that kids are having, missing yes. their friends, mm-hmm. right? And, and not being able to see them and, and so on. And so it felt like as it, it, it just by fate that it was a book that resonated with what kids were feeling right now and to i'm delighted to my delight candlewick and jumpstart both created this suite of beautiful activities that kids could do related to the book like there's um you know there's a postcard there's a downloadable pdf postcard of you know with evelyn and daniela's image you know send your friend a postcard there's all kinds of of activities that that sort of are outgrowths of, of what happens in the book for kids to try with their own friends um, to stay in touch with the people that they that they love. So yeah, I mean it's been a really it's been a beautiful experience watching this book move, you know, come into the lives of readers and and just see um, kids enjoy it and and adults respond to it too. Yeah. You know, just the way you're saying, you know, we remember our friends forever. Um, even the ones we we've lost touch with, we're not sure you remember their name. Um, something about them. Did they have a chip tooth, their favorite shirt, a favorite activity you did with them? They just they don't go away. They sort of live inside us forever. So I, I think I think that's how, how it is. I think that's how it is. And I think that You know, I'm reading an awful lot, as I do normally as a librarian and just as a reader, but but I have been reflecting a lot on what this book, that book, the book that I'm reading now means to me through this lens of being safe at home, of going through a pandemic, of not seeing a lot of people. And I have to think 
all readers are going through that same thing where they, just like when we go through anything in life, when the right book finds you at the right time in your life, it can make a lasting bond that you will never be able to separate yourself from that book because it reminds you of whatever experience or circumstance. And I think about how, as you're saying too, this book is going to mean a very certain something to a very certain group of kids who resonate with the feeling of being in isolation, of feeling alone, of mourning, mourning, not getting to see a friend. Uh, and it's just, it's, it's so interesting and powerful and neat to see that that, to see that happening in real time when normally we don't get to look into people's lives that way. But here suddenly we're all experiencing the same thing together. The Children's Book Podcast is sponsored by our friends at teachingbooks.net. Teaching Books strives to personalize each reader's connections to children's and young adult books. Discover thousands of resources that bring books and reading to life. Sign up for free today at teachingbooks.net. Mm. What a year. What a year. Well, I'm glad that, I'm always glad that we still have books coming out, that that still persists. We still have people reading to readers and sharing stories. And and in your case, in Sonia's case, reminding us of the value and the joy of of closeness, of intimacy, of sharing life with other people. Thank you for bringing that oh. to this book. Thanks. <laughs> My pleasure. Oh, Meg Medina, we can't see each other yeah. right now, but I'm going to give you the big air hug that all of my students give me. The big, <laughs> I'm sending one back. We, we really squeeze, we really squeeze that air. <laughs> um, because I am grateful that this book found me when it did and that I have had the opportunity, the gift to share it with readers. It's always a gift to be able to read a book with readers. I think about your adult readers who are reading to children who this book is making them think of, or it's inviting them to think of those friends that they had back then that are still, you know, imprinted in their brains, in their memories. I'm grateful for that. Meg, before we before we wrap up for now, before we say our goodbyes for now, are there projects that you are working on, other things you have going on that you want to share, that you want others to, to have a heads up on as we, you know, navigate through COVID? <laughs> oh, my goodness, yes. Well, I, you know, uh, in the spring, I guess the, the big news is that in the spring, in April, um, the follow-up to Mercy Suarez uh, Changes Gears will come out it's called mercy suarez can't dance and um so i'm back in the world of mercy and her the suarez family and seaward pines academy mm. and if if mercy suarez changes gears was about change i would say that mercy suarez can't dance 
is a lot about love, self-love, family love, secret love, first love, all those things. And it was just a joy. I was nervous writing it because the last thing you want to do is mess up somebody's <laughs> great, you know, you don't want to mess up the Oh, to hear you say it. <laughs> I was worried about this. But, um, you know, it's had a few readers now and um, the, I, I've been very encouraged by, by what they have to say. And I, it was just really terrific to be back in that world. And then the other thing is that in, in June, I have written my first chapter book, which is part of the She Persisted series, which will start to come out in January. It comes out of Penguin. And I wrote the chapter book. It's, um, it's based on Chelsea Clinton's book, uh, picture book, She Persisted, where right. they focused on famous women. And so now each one of those women has her own chapter book written by a strong female author. And so I got to write the chapter book on Sonia Sotomayor. Oh, my goodness. Um, How oh, lucky my are goodness you? Is right. Extremely. Oh, <laughs> Extremely wonderful. lucky. It was really great. It's such a wonderful series. So I, I encourage everybody to be on the lookout for that. That's coming out, too. So those are the two things that I'll I'll have out in um, 2021, that and I'll be exciting. busy, you know, at my computer <laughs> typing new new stories, new ideas, um, looking over the the problems of of childhood <laughs> and um, finding finding new little crevices where I can where I can mine. I don't know. There are, there are so many to... problems. Just re-traumatize yourself with the conversation with Shadra <laughs> at the at, at highlights. Exactly. <laughs> oh, so many. <laughs> well, oh. and, and for you to bring up Sonia Sotomayor, we this week, my students um, have been reading Just Ask. We've been talking about making space for others. That beautiful, beautiful picture book that she wrote with Rafael Lopez doing the illustrations. Yeah. Um, yeah. So neat to hear when one person is sort of in your universe and then another person in your universe mentions their name, there's always sparks that happen when that happens. I love that. So, yay, I can't wait for one. I, I just can't wait to be out of 2020, I think, like many of us. Yeah. But, <laughs> Me too. But it'll be fun to have other things to look forward to as well. <laughs> because really, the books were really what I clung to in 2020. <laughs> You're not kidding. You're not kidding. I feel the same way. Uh, I feel the same way. Oh my goodness, what a year. Well, the other thing I, I did absolutely cling to were were my children, my family, and, and the students that I teach. So to end our time together, I'm going to bring us back to those children and give you a chance to have last word and speak directly to them. So, Meg Medina, I will see a library full of children tomorrow morning. Is there a message that I can bring to them from you? Yes. First of all, just tell them I, I am sending them my biggest virtual hug and much, much love. But tell them this is like the best time of all to discover themselves as readers. I think we spend, there's gonna be a lot of screen time, there's everything sort of on its ear. And I just can't imagine a more delicious time to be able to just sort of sink into the books that you really wanna read in your room, in a hammock, in a corner, on the floor, wherever you, you love to read. But this is the time to just um, 
discover your taste in reading, discover the kinds of things you want to read, the kind of books you want to find, um, and just enjoy. Enjoy the escape and the stories. The Children's Book Podcast is recorded and produced by me, Matthew Winner, in my library studio in Ellicott City, Maryland. You can subscribe to the podcast and access the archive of over 600 episodes at matthewcwinner.com. Our theme music is by Poddington Bear, care of the Free Music Archive. Want to help out the show? Become a patron at patreon.com slash matthewcwinner, and your support and contributions will directly support and impact my work here. And always, writing a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with friends through Facebook, Twitter, word of mouth, or any other means helps reach more listeners, which leads to more content and more amazing guests. And that is a very good thing indeed. We know you value what you put in front of your kids, especially when it comes to screens and podcasts. That's why we're excited to share a new podcast from our friends at Sleepiest, creating bedtime stories to help your kids fall asleep fast. Hello, Abby here. If you've got children and find bedtimes a struggle, I'd like to tell you about Coco Sleep, a children's story podcast designed to make bedtime a dream. Coco Sleep turns a chaotic bedtime into cozy bonding time. The stories are delivered in a pace that gently slows. Rumour has it that no one's ever heard an ending. So search Coco Sleep on your favourite podcast app and let's make bedtime a dream. That's K-O-K-O Sleep and I'll see you there.